Zombie World by David Cook with music by Graham Wright. So what is a nanosecond? It's a billionth of a second. And that makes a difference. It makes all the difference in the world. Tanya and Andy Adesina were traveling back to Earth at many times the speed of light, thanks to the wonders of ion propulsion. For those of you interested in the technical side of space travel, ion propulsion creates a bubble around a simple spacecraft. It then takes space and bends it, forming space propulsion behind the craft while dissipating space in front of the craft, enabling unimaginable speed, many times faster than light. Because of this, they had visited the mysterious planet of Zola on the far side of the galaxy. They'd been away from Earth for six months. But as Andy pointed out, having spent many hours in front of his do-everything console, when we return, we will have been away for exactly six months and seven nanoseconds. That's no big deal, said Tanya. It's 7,000 picoseconds. That's a bloody big deal. We will be returning at a different time to when we left. But what does that mean? said Tanya. Fuck knows. After they landed and endured the expected debriefing, they wandered out to their sky car, relishing the joy of home, their planet, their Earth, and what a beautiful place it was. It was 2090, and any thoughts about extra nanoseconds were erased as they saw that their land was exactly as it had been. But was it? Somehow it, it seemed brighter, cleaner, warmer. The planet Zola was special for Tanya Andy for two reasons. First, Zola was a disappearing planet, small in size, tiny by contrast to the planets of Earth's galaxy. But a few years earlier, they'd noticed a strange phenomenon. Every now and then, Zola disappeared. It disappeared, Andy calculated, by exactly seven nanoseconds. Many would ignore this tiny variation in time, a glitch, a warp across the universe, a, a blink in the history of time. But not Andy Adesina. It disappeared. Doesn't matter by a day, a year, a lifetime, or a nanosecond. It disappeared. But their journey to Zola had been special in a much more intimate way. Tanya and Andy were in a legitimised, ongoing, duo-person relationship with child-rearing status. Their plan, not revealed to anyone else at the time, was to conceive their first child in space, preferably in the space left by Zola's disappearance. They both agreed that this would be unlikely, since the eyes of the scientific world would be scrutinising their every move and, of course, seven nanoseconds, was a remarkably short time for even the most premature of men to rattle off a conception. But they would give it their best shot. Which in due course they did, and though they didn't know it at the time, they were successful. A little girl, to be named Zola, would appear some months later. 
The journey to and from Zola had been largely uneventful. Their arrival after three months of travel coincided with the planet's disappearance. But for such a fraction of a moment in time, it was not visually possible to witness. Neither was there any significant effect as it happened. Well, I'll call that a damp squib, said Andy. I'm not sure, said Tanya. I felt a stirring, you know, down below. Was that before or after we, you know, had sex? Cut in Tanya. I'm not good on nanoseconds, but I reckon at the same time. I think this baby's going to be special. Anyway, tell me more about these nanoseconds. What use is a trillionth of a second? It's a billionth, actually. They needed them about a hundred years ago. They could measure electrical impulses to do with these little devices they use to speak to each other. Some kind of communication gizmo. Oh, they're antiquated now. You'll find them in museums. Anyway, we use this kind of measurement to keep track on black hole volatility. Smashing was all Tanya could manage. So they soon settled down to life back home, Andy working on information from their six-month journey and Tanya observing and recording physical space and time. The job that had initially led to the discovery of Zola and its ability to disappear. After a few weeks, they decided to take a trip out to the countryside. It was then that they spotted an intriguing sign. It was, in fact, a huge electronic holographic screen, something which irritated the life out of eco-aware couples like Tanya and Andy. But this one interested them. Flashing zombie world and underneath directions. What the hell is zombie world? asked Tanya. We could go and find out. It's a, a couple of hundred miles due north. It'll only take a few minutes, said Andy. Oh, no, no, let's not bother. There'll be some cyber theme park for kids. Well, let's see. I'm interested now. If it's rubbish, we'll carry on to our favourite picnic spot. Tanya was pleased to agree. She actually was quite keen for some silly distraction. They flipped the craft into a new slipstream and ended up outside the park five minutes later. How to describe the park? Crowded. Thousands of visitors climbing onto a shuttlecraft, lifting off to explore. Not knowing what to expect, Andy approached a uniformed assistant and explained who they were, famous, and were quickly introduced to Jackson Monarch, executive director of the park. Special treatment for special people. I'll show you the park and you tell me all about Ion, Travel and Zola. The tour was Jackson Monarch's one-man show, clearly rehearsed many times. Andy and Tanya sat in horrified silence as the craft moved from one enclosure to the next. Flying along horrifically disfigured birds that circled around them before the shuttle plunged deep into a green lake filled with equally hideous deformed fish and other aquatic creatures. As they sped round the park, even the vegetation seemed warped and angry. That was the key word. Everything was anger 
and aggression, especially in the human compounds. True, zombies had fired the imagination of filmmakers and public alike. They couldn't get enough of them. And here there were plenty to get enough of. The lasting impression as they made their way back was the sheer horror of what they'd seen. Creatures and humans attacking each other, sometimes thrown together, not just the classic throat tearing and stomach ripping of helpless, confined non-zombies, but larger, more hideous beasts, clearly able to rip limbs from bodies. This was the most vile aspect of the spectacle, where non-zombies entering a den ran screaming before the inevitable carnage. Blood spraying in pools, gushing from limbs and heads, gore the almighty god of this travesty. And wardens, with sophisticated weaponry, quelling and provoking in equal measure. Sick to their stomachs, and the antenna descended from the shuttle. Jackson, unaware of just how bad they were feeling, continued his commentary, taking them into a small reception area and trying to ply them with drinks. Now, tell me all about Zola. In time, having become a little composed, they questioned Jackson. I can't believe you've managed to create all of this in six months. It's, it's incredible, said Andy. Six months, said Jackson. It's taken the best part of 20 years since we found them. But th this wasn't here, Andy cut Tanya off. He'd had an uneasy feeling ever since they saw the scale of zombie world. It covered acres and contained creatures that not even the best CGI could create. But, uh, sorry, remind me where the, the first group came from? Same place where they all come from, the battles. I think your space adventure has addled your brain. I think you're right, said Andy. Well, well, thanks for the tour. Well, you all come back soon, smiled Jackson. They said goodbye and Tanya and Andy walked back towards their craft. Seven nanoseconds. You asked me once what difference that would make, said Andy. The fucking difference is just behind us. They never reached their special picnic spot by Lake Kosovo, a massive stretch of pure blue water that historically had once been a whole country. Let's at least fly over it. They did. In fact, they missed it twice because good old Lake Kosovo wasn't there. Andy flew lower the next time. What might have been the lake was more a desert now. In the centre, a set of tar blocks, sheer aluminium or perhaps silver, gleaming in the bright midday sun. Suddenly a voice came through their communications console. This is a no-fly zone. You have precisely 25 seconds to leave the area before your craft is destroyed. They made the journey in 20 seconds. Landing safely outside the no-fly zone, they sat in silence, staring at each other. There are three things we are going to explore. But we are going to do it covertly. No one must know that we don't know anything about what's going on here. Agreed, said Tanya. 
So I think I've got the three things. Obviously, the history of that fucking nightmare, zombie hell. Secondly, what the hell are the Badlands and where are they? And thirdly, where's our fucking lake gone? And what's that top secret edifice in the middle of it? Tanya and Andy reviewed their research. They could find no reference to any Badlands and descriptions about zombie world made it sound like a high-tech adventure playground. As to be expected, the mysterious building at the centre of the former Lake Kosovo produced no results. Over the next week, Andy worked on their craft, making it invisible to any form of scan. Because of these modifications, they were standing outside the central silver block at the centre of their dried-up lake. Unfortunately, there was one form of scan Andy hadn't bargained on. Jackson Monarch's eyes. What Tanya and Andy expected to achieve was, I guess, to unravel the mystery of the building. Hidden from view, all was quiet for well over an hour, and then they spotted lights from an incoming craft. Landing, about 50 people disembarked and were roughly herded into the building. This was their chance. They followed at a safe distance. The visitors appeared heavily drugged. Tanya and Andy were surprised at the lack of security. They would soon understand why. Could there be anything worse than the zombie world itself? Tanya and Andy found out there could be. Fifty regular-looking people, men, women, children, entered the building and were processed through a series of chambers. A holding area anaesthetic room, and eventually into the operating theatres themselves. And it was there that the most depraved activities took place. Brains were neutralised, injections induced terrible ruptures and sores, limbs were disfigured and broken, and by the end of the process, though it was a contradiction in terms, perfect zombies were created. It was when they attempted to leave to alert an unknowing world of this atrocity that they once again met up with Jackson Monarch, the true king of this travesty. Curiosity is a wonderful thing, he said, taking them up to a viewing platform. I've been observing you as you followed our latest recruits through processing, as I observed you flying towards us earlier on. And we don't worry too much about security. Anyone who wanders in here... <laughs> ends up like them. But you two can be very helpful to my enterprise. And Tanya was about to protest, but a knowing look from Andy stopped her. Possibly, said Andy, but we need to know more. Of course. Oh, it's hard to stomach at first. But you know yourselves how bad things were getting. Homelessness was epidemic proportions. Prisons were bursting at the seams. Abuse amongst the population, especially in families, was rife. Something had to be done. Zombie world holds on average 17,000 people. We have dozens of sites across Eurasia. Society is far better off. Criminality is at an all-time low and income an all-time high. But you don't know any of this, do you? Something happened on Zola to wipe this from your memories. And there will be something about you, some 
distortion that I can tap into, utilize to expand and improve on this enterprise. The planet itself, perhaps a new colony of many tens of thousands roaming free. Tanya looked down over the parapet, some two meters high, glass fronted. Yes, she knew they could help. There was something, some small thing they could do. Andy looked on in amazement. She bent down to the floor as if to retrieve something, but coming back up, she had Monarch by the lower legs, hoisting him up. Don't just stand there, Andy, help! As Monarch screamed, Andy dropped down and assisted in getting the man up to the top of the parapet, and then, with a smiling nod to Tanya, hoisted him over the top. Andy felt they should leave. Tanya wanted to stay a little longer and watch. Watch while the creatures that this monster had created and advanced on the creator and rapidly, satisfyingly, tore him limb from limb. As security rushed to save their boss, Andy and Tanya made their escape. Safely away from the zombie manufacturing building, creating this hideous form of entertainment, they considered the situation. What gets me is not just the zombie-making business, but the fact that people, ordinary people like us, pay good money to watch this horror story, said Andy. Like they did in Roman times with gladiators and lions and stuff. Andy thought for a moment. The point is, how has it happened? You think that when we visited Zolder, it sort of bounced us back to a different world. What's that theory that was all the rage once, said Tanya? Or multiverses. That's it. Like there's a different version of the universe that's basically the same, but maybe different. That's it. Like there's different versions of the universe that's basically the same, but maybe different things sometimes happen, said Tanya. Like we start operating on people and turning them into zombies. And if there's this world, which is different from the one we left, how many others are there? Could be hundreds, more, said Andy. How do we find the one we left? I guess we go back to Zola. Andy powered up the sky car. He set a course not for home, but for the Ion spacecraft. You thinking what I'm thinking, said Tanya. We need a different seven nanoseconds. It's David here. I hope you enjoyed that story. It's part of a series which will centre on the disappearing planet Zola and its impact on Earth, and in particular, Tanya, Andy, and in time, their child Zola. Listen out for further episodes with the help of my musical friend, Graham Wright. Together, we've written a number of musical plays which have all been very well received. As well as the Zola stories, I'm planning a series of quirky, 
shorts and I hope you'll tune in to hear them. If you'd like to send feedback, please write to me at quirkystory at hotmail.com. That's quirkystory, K-W-E-R-K-Y story at hotmail.com. And finally, thanks for listening. <laughs>